European Heart Journal Case Reports 2021. I'm Sabrina Fatak, podcast editor. Today I'll be talking about a case report by Isaac King, with Oakley, Amir Shah and Raj Makai. Titled Percutaneous Disclosure of Left Ventricular Pseudoaneurysm Using Simultaneous Transeptal and Transapical Approach, a case report. LV pseudoaneurysm is a contained rupture of a blood vessel or of the myocardial wall contained by the pericardium or thrombus and thus preventing the development of a hemi pericardium. It does not contain myocardial tissue in its wall unlike a true LV aneurysm. Surgical repair remains the preferred treatment option in patients unless perioperative mortality is high due to comorbidities. Transcatheter closure is another feasible alternative for high-risk surgical individuals. A 65-year-old patient with known Marfan syndrome and hypertension presents with an enlarged LV pseudoaneurysm. His comorbidities included three previous thoracic surgeries in the preceding 11 years. In 2009, he first presented with a complex type aortic dissection, which was repaired with a bental procedure using a biological AV conduit, which was a 27mm magna pericardial valve with a 32mm Dacron graft. In 2012, he had elective repair of the descending thoracic aorta, aneurysm, and chronic type B dissection with a 30mm Dacron graft. In 2018, he had a repair of the thoracal abdominal aneurysm, extended from the mid-descending aorta to the aortic bifurcation and involving visceral branch vessels. For this procedure, the patient required left heart bypass and LV apex was used as the inflow site. Postoperatively, he developed lower limb paraparesis, which resolved with supportive measures. He was found to have a 13mm LV pseudoaneurysm at the left heart bypass cannulation site on surveillance CT scan post-discharge. This was initially managed conservatively with optimal blood pressure control and serial imaging. A year later, the repeat CT showed an enlarged pseudoaneurysm measuring 3.4 by 2 cm. The LV function and the bioprosthetic valve were functioning normally on the transthoracic echo. It was decided for the patient to have intervention for the growing pseudoaneurysm, but given the history of three thoracic surgeries, transcatheter therapy was initially recommended. Percutaneous closure was attempted using the transfembral approach, but because of invagination of the descending thoracic aortic graft preventing wire passage into the aortic arch, transseptal approach was performed using transesophageal guidance and under general anaesthetic. Unfortunately, the transeptal attempt was aborted after the guide was unable to pass into the pseudoaneurysm. A second attempt was performed a month later after heart team discussion. This time it was decided to attempt by a direct puncture of the pseudoaneurysm and with extra long guide catheters. The transeptal axis was obtained and 8 French Judkins right 4 catheter was advanced into the LV through an 8.5 French Agilis guide catheter. Through the anterolateral chest wall, a micropuncture needle was used to access the pseudoaneurysm under transthoracic anteroscopy guidance. A long balance 0.014 inch wire was passed through the neck of the pseudoaneurysm into the LV and an EN snare was used to snare the wire within the LV and then internalised via the right femoral axis. A 12 cm 6 French MP guide catheter was advanced through the 8 French Judkins right 4 into the pseudoaneurysm. Position was confirmed by a fluoroscopy and rail wire was withdrawn. 
Using the MP guide, a 12mm and Platzer vascular plug type 2 was placed such that the distal disc was deployed in the pseudoaneurysm and the proximal disc within the LV. Position was verified using left ventriculography. The patient was discharged home the next day with no cardiovascular or neurological complications. The commonest cause of LV pseudoaneurysm is MI, most commonly inferior MI. Other causes include infections such as infective endocarditis, trauma and other cardiac surgery as was the case in the patient discussed in this case report. Patients can present with symptoms such as angina, congestive cardiac failure, ventricular arrhythmia or thromboembolism. The diagnosis is difficult as pseudoaneurysms are uncommon. Patients may have non-specific symptoms or no symptoms at all. However, it is an important diagnosis and if untreated, they are prone to rupture resulting in catastrophic consequences. The risk of rupture is around 30-40%. to 40%. Left ventricular angiography is considered the best diagnostic test. Transthoracic echo, transesophageal echo, CT and MRI are other alternative imaging, especially at differentiating between aneurysms and pseudoaneurysms. Pseudoaneurysms have narrow neck with a ratio of the diameter of the entry point to the maximum diameter of less than 50%. They also have a characteristic Doppler profile with bidirectional flow pattern. After diagnosis, there are no guidelines to address timing of surveillance imaging and follow-up. The timing for serial imaging is individualised to patient characteristics such as size of the aneurysm and whether the diagnosis is acute, example less than 3 months post-MI, or chronic. Treatment of pseudoaneurysm is not clearly defined and largely based on retrospective case series. Management can be conservative with optimal blood pressure control, surgical or percutaneous closure. The main goal of therapy is to reduce the risk of expansion or rupture. Generally, there is a strong indication for surgery due to a high risk of rupture. However, conservative management may be performed in those with smaller, less than 3cm pseudoaneurysms detected incidentally. Surgical repair traditionally involves primary repair or patch closure. Although now, with a much lower perioperative mortality, patients with previous cardiac surgery still have a higher perioperative mortality and so it was avoided in this patient. The transcatheter closure of LV pseudoaneurysm involves using the atrial septal occlusion device to treat the pseudoaneurysm. Device selection is individualised depending on the location and the size of the pseudoaneurysm. A transfemoral arterial approach is most often used compared with transseptal or transapical access. This is because transapical access has a higher risk of hemothorax and hemopericardium. In this case report, transfemoral access was not possible and because transseptal access did not provide adequate support, a hybrid approach with both transseptal and transapical was adopted. This case report demonstrates successful treatment of apical pseudoaneurysm in a patient using hybrid transseptal and transapical access due to the arterial access being unfeasible and transseptal access on its own providing inadequate support. The use of multimodality imaging is helpful in planning and execution of the procedure. The author suggests the following learning points. To recognise LV pseudoaneurysm as a serious complication of cardiac surgery and of myocardial infarction. To understand, percutaneous closure of pseudoaneurysm is a feasible treatment option in patients with prohibitive surgical risk. If LV pseudoaneurysm is not amenable to standard endovascular treatment via femoral approach, 
a hybrid approach of transeptal and transapical access can be considered. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this interesting case report for us and thank you for listening to European Heart Journal Case Reports Podcasts. References and original case reports are available online. Visit academic.oup.com forward slash EHJCR for other interesting case reports. Music is Computer by State Shirt.